Welcome back to A Plot of Confusion. This is part two to, um, well, a podcast I just recently did, which was, Are You a Homosexual Christian? Um, again, this is not a an attack. This is out of love. This is to show my brothers and sisters who are in sin why it's important to come out of sin um if you listen to my last podcast uh, i wanted to make sure i shared a lot of the scriptures because to call yourself a christian uh, you have to believe in the word of god you have to believe that jesus christ is the messiah the redeemer that he came um through grace so that we could have faith in him that he loved us first that's why we love him and that we when he comes into our life immediately um, there's going to be parts of your life that it's going to take time for you to grow Um, it's one of the reasons why the scripture says that you know they they come off of milk, um, and then, you know, they go into, um, meat, that you just don't immediately give a newborn baby a ribeye, and that baby gummit, uh, you know, there is preparation, there is time in which that child will need to grow before it can dive into that ribeye and devour it with its teeth and that's what we're supposed to do with the word of God we are to allow it to be that living water that that spiritual guidance that yes there's going to be things in the Bible that we are not going to like um that we're going to be like, ah, that's, you know, that was back in those days. or make, And I've heard the excuse was that was in the Old Testament and Jesus nailed it to the cross. Well, Jesus came um, to not to do away with the law, but to fulfill the law. Um, there is a lot of arguments that I hear lately that when it comes to um, Paul a lot of people want to throw out everything that that he wrote and I I gotta tell you Paul really um, convicted me early on in my my scripture uh, studies and and trying to learn is that and the reason why is that well let's just be honest Paul who was Saul um, was raised on the scriptures the Torah uh, the prophets and it's kind of like whenever I'm writing my book or doing my artwork and I give it to my wife and she's going to look at it and look it over and, and she gives suggestions of change this or this will look better or this might sound better and the reason why is that my wife has had the education where she was an art teacher. She went to school for arts. 
And if I didn't listen to her, I would not have been a better artist. I would have just still be making my women not look really like women, but look like, you know, really butch women. And I learned from her on perspective and how to draw. And, and what I'm saying is, is that Paul was a teacher. He was one that had been taught and he knew the word of God and knew what the, it all said because he had to have it by memor- being able to memorize it and know it inside and out. And I know a lot of people will go, well, Paul said that, you know, that, that they didn't need to get, be circumcised because he was given a new knowledge. Well, when Paul was going through this, and this is an argument a lot of my brothers and sisters will make, they'll make the argument that, you know, Paul was saying, hey, I'm going to give you a new knowledge that the, that the Gentiles don't need to be under the same tutelage teachings they want to claim, and they use circumcision as their argument. And what you realize is that when you're getting into the Word and you're seeing what Paul is talking to Peter and and John and the other disciples is, you know, the argument was circumcision. Well, circumcision meant that you were, um, it was one of which was a covenant between Abraham's lineage and God. And Paul was saying... For the Gentiles, you know, let's not get them where they're so tied up on these little legalistic side of it, but understand that Gentiles and Jews are two separate. Where Gentiles are not taught the Word of God at birth, where immediately eight days after you're born, in a in a Jewish um, um, society, immediately eight days after they're they're born, they're circumcised. So they're started off on following and understanding the law. And what Paul was saying is that the law is important, the Torah is important, uh, but we need to get them to focus on letting go of other sins that is in their life so the more that they grow and come off the milk and get into the meat then they'll start to understand more the importance of the law and that's really what Paul is emphasizing there and and saying that there is a difference between the, the Gentiles and the Jews is because Gentiles well we didn't have the prophets. We didn't have Moses. We didn't. We were, we were Gentiles. We were of the world. And I have seen that be used time and time again. And then I've seen where people are like, "Well, let's just throw Paul out because he's homophobic." And what Paul is trying to convey to people is that you don't need to harden your heart. You don't need to. Um, go and live in the flesh 
prime example is that in 1 Corinthians chapter um, 3 verse 18 said let no one deceive himself or anyone among you seems to be wise in this age let him become foolish so that he might become wise for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with Elohim God for it was that it uh, has been written he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, Yahuwah knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are worthless. So then, let no one boast in men, for all belongs to you. So you're seeing where Paul is sitting there saying that there's going to be people that think that they are wise and that they know it all and that they have all the understanding or they're given some secret knowledge some secret understanding or they're having more of a spiritual connection but in that spiritual connection in that way of thinking the truth of the matter is is of the world and what is of the world a lot of people ask this well what what does it mean to be of the world jesus lets us know immediately that if we are his that because they hated him first they will also hate us and i know a lot of people that probably listened to that last podcast i did and uh, and i hope that um, it reaches those people and reaches their heart because that's what it's all, that's what it's all about is reaching the ones that are lost the ones that are still wrapped up in the world the world is like this the world if if you're accepted and your lifestyle and your everyday thing and everyone around you and you're a Christian and everyone around you around you is, you're okay with everyone else you don't look at people and look at yourself and look to bring repentance to yourself and help lead others to repentance then you're the world if you sit there and you're like okay um, there's going to be a ball game on at this time but there's going to be this seminar at this time that is going to be where it's going to lead me further and my understanding of Jesus is going to get me where I come off the milk and I get into the meat of the scripture. But man, if I, you know, I can always go and, and do that seminar some other time. I want to go see the game because I'll be able to hang out with my friends. I'll get to sit back and drink and chill out and watch the game and socialize with 
everyone else, then that is the mindset of the world. You're willing to take the pleasures of this world, no matter how small they may be, that those pleasures of this world outweigh the pleasures of following Jesus. I have recognized this even in my own walk. Even in my own walk, I've made those same, those exact same um, judgment calls, and I have not always uh, judged wisely. Uh, we see in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, and I'm going to be really going into chapter 24, because Jesus really lays out a lot about the time frame of the last days, the time frame of minute people's hearts, the time frame overall. But I'm going to start off at verse 12. It says, And because iniquity, the lawlessness, shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold, shall become cold. And right now in our life, the, the, the iniquity, the, the lawlessness, and we're talking about the lawlessness of God's God's rules. They've been literally thrown out the window. And in being thrown out the window, there's been all these excuses. And when there's correction that comes to bring you back, to come away from your iniquity, to come away from the lawlessness, you become aggressive. Immediately you'll get angry or you'll stop like... Like right now, there's probably a lot of people that listened to the last one and saw that was part one. And they're like, there's no way I'm going to listen to part two. Because they'd rather be in the lawlessness of their life than turn and follow and come out of that and follow the, 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 the love of Christ. Now, Jesus in chapter 24, it really... Well, now I hope you understand that this really knocks it out of the park. It puts the the final nail in it on coming out uh, and recognizing how you can be a part of the world and what the world's going to do and what the world accepts. If you see that the world accepts things that God says is wrong and you're okay with that, then you're not really following the Word of God. You're not really following um, a biblical teaching. You're not following His laws. You're following the world's laws. Jesus went out and departed from the temple. His disciples came to Him for to show Him the buildings of the temple. They wanted Jesus to see the temple and was like wow look how big and glorious and great this is look what what we have accomplished jesus as a people and this place was is dedicated to to your father to you this is magnificent right right jesus said unto them see you not all these things really i say unto you there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. You imagine? Got this huge stones, these this this temple to God, to the one true God, and Jesus is saying that hey, this is all gonna be destroyed. 
I mean, that had to be shocking. Because they're like, this is the golden age, Jesus. You're the Messiah. You're here. You're going to you're gonna pave the way for the world to come under, under, underneath your laws, your rules, your, underneath you. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. This is going to be all destroyed. And he's, he said upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Now, they're wanting to know when Jesus is going to set up his temple. When is Jesus going to set up his rule? When is Jesus going to set up his kingdom? And Jesus has to give some hard truths to them. They're walking with him. They've been with him. But they've not really seen things through his eyes. See, we could be in a, in, in a walk with Jesus, but certain things we will condone or will say, oh, well, you know, it's not that bad. It's not hurting anybody. It's my life. I can do it. I'm still going to church. I'm still saying I'm a Christian. I'm still following God. But Jesus is letting them know that you really have not been listening. You're expecting your expectations of what you think I should do and how I should be and how I should act. You're not taking into the, the big picture of everything that you have to die to self. Jesus answered and said unto them, Take ye that no man deceive you. And that even that means even that you got someone that's telling you it's okay to be living in sin because it's your choice, it's your body, and you're you're able to have someone sit there say that you can still be a part of that sin and still be a part of the kingdom. That's deception, people. That's deception. And even I had to come out of that. I had to let go. Uh, well, um, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not bothering anybody. It's okay for me to drink. It's okay for me to hit hard liquor. Oh, it's, it's okay for me to get angry. It's okay for me to have a righteous anger. It's okay for me to sit there and and speak and say anything I want to. I'm a Christian. Jesus knows my heart. Jesus knows that uh, who, who I am. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, 
and ye shall be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And when and then shall many be offended, which means cause to stumble, and shall betray one another, and one and shall hate one another. See, the thing is, is that Jesus is letting them know it's going to be hard. See, if you're a part of the world and you're not stumbling and you're not seeing the evils of the world, then that means you're a part of the world. But see, as people that are true believers that are supposed to be sharing the gospel, and if it is offending you by me saying that you as a Christian can't practice homosexuality then are you truly following Jesus Christ are you following a false messiah are you following another Jesus that you have created that you feel comfortable with that you says tolerates your sin is that Jesus Christ, the one true Jesus Christ? Are you offended? Because Jesus wants to bring you into correction. Jesus wants to bring you into repentance. All but it's love. And Jesus is all about love. I've heard this many times from people. Love is love. No. There's a difference people call love and really it's lust they lust after the flesh Jesus says that a man that looks upon a woman and lust after her has already committed the adultery he may not have done the very act he may have not walked up to her been married to someone else, walked up to this one person, flirted with them, next thing they knew they're hot and heavy, you know? He may have just imagined all that in his head. That's not hurting anybody, right? But Jesus says the ones that has that lust, the eyes of lust, that it is a sin. That's something that was hard for me. Still, I won't lie, still it's hard for me. Because I'm a person that I look at people and go, wow, that's an attractive person. But I've had to follow the word of God and allow the word to sit there and change me to its will, to Jesus' will and not my own. Not to sit there and look and make an excuse and say, oh, wow, you know, mm." and they're like, "Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. No. If I know what the word says and I'm doing it on purpose, then I'm being rebellious. Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. We're seeing that in the church today. We see that from the prosperity preachers to now the preachers that are allowing drag queens to come into the church and talk to children where you're having ministers that's coming and claiming that it's okay to be gay or you're actually having gay preachers or you have the Pope 
saying it's okay to give a blessing. You can't bless sin. And right now, that sin and those people are deceiving many and their iniquity will be on them. If you are a believer, I mean, right now you have a man that is the person, the Pope didn't like the person that was over the, the um, essentially the books and stuff that goes out to the Catholic uh, from the diocese and everything and goes out. And he said that you cannot bless sin. You cannot tolerate sin. Pope didn't like that. Took him right out. Put this other guy into his place. And this guy's talking about having orgies and having sex with Jesus. And all this perverse. And the Pope is okay with this. He's okay with this iniquity. He's okay with that. You cannot be a person that is a teacher, a preacher, a bishop, a priest, a rabbi, or a pope. They can sit there and say that it's okay to sin. Jesus says, just like he's telling the disciples, this glorious building you see is going to be torn completely down and destroyed. And not one stone will be left upon another. The disciples are thinking, what? You're here. You're the Messiah. But Jesus is letting us know that there is a a worse iniquity that this people are going to come in and their whole purpose is to be deceptive and because iniquity shall abound the love of many shall wax cold anyone that's hearing this and this is, is, is being offended by this Recognize you're one of the ones whose heart has waxed cold from the Word of God. You can't sit there and be in sin and be okay with it. I mean, at one time in my life, I would have very foul language. I'd be, like they would say, like a, uh, a drunken sailor. I have one of the dirtiest foul mouths that you could have ever imagined. And then one day, Jesus had laid on my heart and said, Hey, you know I say that you can't have blessing and cursing coming out of the same mouth. That should not be. That the tongue is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Only Jesus can tame your tongue. I even had to make and say, I even surrender my tongue to you, Jesus. That I do not want any iniquity to be found within me. Even my own tongue, I don't want it to bring you disgrace. 
I don't want to have the foul mouth and say, I have it, but it's just English words. It's just somebody had said that those words were bad and it was just really how another culture said things. No, Jesus laid them heart heavy that if I'm tolerating and accepting or making the excuse of why I am allowing a foul mouth of iniquity to exist within me, then I am not being humble or submissive to his word. It goes on to tell us that, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then the end shall come. Right now, brothers and sisters, we are in a time where the word of God is being shared worldwide. But are you listening to the ones that tickle your feet and your toes and make you all giddy and excited inside? Or are you listening to the scriptures that is bringing correction into your life? Are you listening to the ones that is bringing you into repentance? Are you listening to the ones that give can give you a, an excuse to still be wrapped up in your sin? When ye therefore shall see the abomination, the detestable thing of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whosoever reader let him understand. And this comes out of Daniel chapter 9 verse 7 and Daniel eleven thirty one. He is talking about this abomination and desolation standing in the holy place which means an unclean an unclean detestable abomination one that is wrapped up in sin condoning the sin making excuses for the sin and saying it's okay to sin and to bless that sin that is an abomination that is standing in the holy place then let them that be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days which they are nursing, giving nurse, nourishment to children. But pray ye that your flight not be in winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For when shall a great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be, except those days should be shortened, there would be no flesh be saved. But the elect's sake, whose days shall be shortened, and if any man shall say unto you, Lo, there is Christ, or there, believe it not, there shall rise false Christ, false prophets, and shall 
show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. How are you know you're not deceived when you see all this glamour that's being done before your eyes, all this glamour that you're being beguiled by? How are you not able to be deceived? It's because you're following and obeying the Word of God, which is the book that we call the Holy Bible. That's how you're not going to be deceived. God has given us His Word so that we can read it and apply it in our lives and live it so that we will not be deceived. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go forth, go not forth. Behold, he is in a secret chamber, in a room. Believe it not. For as lightning coming out of the east and shining unto the west, so shall also the coming Son of Man be. For wherefore the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the power of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear in the sun the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven in power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven uh, to the other. Now learn a parable, he tells us, which means a, a story of the fig tree. When his branches is yet tender, and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is near. So likewise ye shall when ye shall all see all these things and know it is near even at the door verily I say unto you this generation shall not pass away till all these things be fulfilled heaven and earth shall pass away but my words shall not pass away but of that day and hour knoweth no man no not the angels of heaven but my father only as the days of Noah were so shall be also the coming son of man be whereas in the days that were before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving a marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. They knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming Son of Man be. See, we're supposed to be like Noah and prepare that we should be building our ark. And I'm not talking about a bunker. But we're supposed to be building an ark within ourselves, a holy place, this temple, and that we are to sit there and look at the world, recognize the world, and not be a part of it, to be set apart from it. But too many times in the church today, we're making all these concessions for sin. We're saying that, as the Pope put it, that it is a select few. Oh, the ones in Africa, well, their, their, their society doesn't accept that 
way of lifestyle. So we'll just overlook them, even though it looks to me like they know the Word of God. Their bishops and their priests understand the Word of God better than the Pope himself does. So if you're a Christian, are you holding yourself to the same standards that the Word of God tells us to? Are you being like the Pope who is putting on a religious facade and saying because, well, society's changed. The Bible is outdated. And everything within it doesn't really have to be um, applied. Because as long as I say I love Jesus, and as long as I claim that I'm a Christian, as long as I say those things, that's all I have to do. I just I don't have to be obedient to what his word says. That is a lie straight from hell. And brothers and sisters, if you are claiming to be a Christian and you're living a lifestyle, or you're a minister and you're condoning a lifestyle, and you're sitting there wanting to say that, you know, well, you know, those people of the the, the of the prophets, they didn't really, you know, they, they didn't understand the day and age that we're in now. They, 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 they viewed those things bad, but they didn't really understand. If you're making that excuse to claim that they didn't understand what God was telling them, oh, man. There is no way, no way you're following the Holy Spirit. There's no way you're being blasphemous against God's word, against what he has told us. You're making excuses for sin. And you are by far, by far so far away from being a true follower of Christ that it is scary. And I pray that you will ask, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you're claiming to be a Christian, then I challenge you, and this is where I'm going to end this part two. I challenge you to pray to Jesus Christ, to the Holy Spirit, to the Father, and say, I have this lifestyle, I have this life partner, I have this person, and your word says one thing, but, you know, we're in a modern age. And you want to make that as your excuse? You want to sit there and tell me that I'm wrong, God? If I'm wrong, God, let me know I'm wrong. I challenge you to ask him boldly, as bold as you are to walk in a pride parade. I want you to be that same boldness and ask Jesus if your lifestyle matches matches up to his word. And I pray that you will be silent and listen. God bless you all. And like Jesus tells us, sin no more.